Welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers, today I would like to continue talking about how to divorce-proof your marriage. You know that I've already talked about the four laws of love that guard and protect your marriage. I've already talked about how you are dating your representative, the representative, not the person that you're going to be married to. I've already talked about supernatural sex, which is where you couple with someone in the spiritual realm first, then you couple with someone in the soul realm second, and then last but not least, you couple with someone in the physical realm. Yes, supernatural sex is awesome, and only people who are married can have it. So spiritual believers, let's dig deeper. Let's go deeper on how you can divorce-proof your marriage. Spiritual believers, the four laws, the four laws, one, priority, the law of priority, placing your marriage as number one, the law of pursuit, pursuing your spouse as if it, like you pursued them in dating, the law of partnership. You are not dominant over your spouse. You are a partner with your spouse. And the law of purity, not only keeping yourselves to one another, but purity in your thoughts and deeds, because the enemy is going to always try to have you think the worst of your spouse. And if you let that rest in you, it will plant seeds of division and distrust. And you cannot have a godly, healthy marriage when you do not have trust. Yes, Yes, these four laws are essential, but the good news is if you obey these laws, if you follow these laws, then you will have a divorce-proof marriage. One of the interesting things that I, that I find about marriage is that no one tells anyone what is going to happen to them when they get married. Nobody, you don't even as a child have a clue to the dynamics of marriage. God basically shields the children. They see things in the marriage, but they don't really understand the dynamics, the grace, the mercy, all the great things that God gifts the man and woman when they go into marriage. And so we blindly, yeah, we go to a, maybe some counseling the day before or a week or two before we get married. But what we really needed to do was from the very beginning, when we first met the individual, we, sh- we should get in alignment with Christ Jesus. We should get in alignment with the Lord God, Holy Spirit. We should get in alignment with Daddy God, Yuhei God established the first institution, the foundation of everything, the foundation of all governments, the foundation of society, the foundation of the family is marriage. And so it's not not strange that the world is falling apart because marriages have been falling apart since the Adams. That's right. The Adams goes all the way back to the Adams about what 
being in your position, doing the things that God has ordained you to do. My godfather, um, Doug Apple, he just recently sent me a wonderful um, podcast from his, my, um, he has a podcast called um, Your Heart Burning, I think it is. But anyway, it's awesome. And he talked about how in the football and in other sports, you have people that have certain roles to play, in particular in football, and how like if you're not doing your role in in defense, let's say, then the offense of the opposing team is going to run over you and win the game, which happens many times in many football games because a lot of people in football try to freelance and do a lot of things that they're not supposed to do instead of doing their job, right, on the football field. Well, this is true for us in the body of Christ. It's true for us in our marriages, we have a role to play and we need to pl- do our role because we are protecting the family. We're protecting the marriage. We're protecting the family when we follow our roles in marriage. And guess what? God instituted marriage as a partnership. Yes, as a partnership. The woman, the female Adam was to come alongside the male Adam. In fulfilling the mission, the vision, the mission, the destiny that God had ordained for marriage from the beginning of what? Time. From the beginning of what? Time. So marriage, we have roles to play. And we are, we are supposed to complement each other. And that's one of the issues that we have in marriage. We actually marry our opposites. Absolutely correct. We are attracted to our opposites. And then when we get married, we get aggravated by the fact that they're not like us. But we married them because they weren't like us. I listened to T.D. Jakes as he talked about his marriage to Serena and how they are the exact opposites and that he deliberately married Serena so that he could be more stable, more balanced, right? And they figured it out and they don't try to change each other, but they try to live in harmony with one another. So here we go. We we must in marriage recognize that we've had married our opposite. And that God put us together, hopefully, it's a God-ordained move, and that you are opposite because you need each other in order to get a more holistic, healthy marriage. And, And the other interesting thing is that we need to make sure that we continue to respect and honor and protect the marriage and recognize that there will be forces coming from outside the marriage and coming from within yourself that will try to destroy your marriage. Did I not say from within yourself? That's right. There were seeds planted in us when we were young. There were seeds planted in us when we were in puberty. There were seeds planted in us when we were young adults. There are seeds planted in us right now. These seeds are seeds of the enemy waiting to grow 
and to destroy you and your marriage. So you must keep a check on you and make sure that you are in alignment with God's word, that you are in alignment with God's vision for your marriage and the mission that he's given you and your spouse to do on this earth. And one of them is to raise godly children. That's right. We are to produce godly seeds. You know, I had an awesome grandmother, um, Icy, and an awesome grandfather, Jeff Rudolph. And my grandfather and both my grandfather and grandmother were of American Indian descent. My grandfather had Cherokee descent. My grandmother was Blackfoot and I had some Crete as well. So I have a lot of Indian uh, heritage as well as African-American heritage and long and some Caucasian, believe it or not. But as we look at the dynamics of my grandparents' marriage, one of the things that they did was they they raised a godly seeds. Um, my God, my God, my grandfather was like a medicine man. He knew a lot about herbs and plants and made lots of medicines that helped heal the community. And my grandmother was the same way. But my grandmother and grandfather, but in particular, my grandmother was known as a serious prayer warrior. And people would travel from all over the county, all over the state, from outside the state to have my grandmother pray for them. Um, I went on to, on my father's side, my grand, his mother, my grandmother, Pledge Lee Daly, was a Pentecostal minister. And she also had a serious, serious prayer walk. And in this prayer walk, my grandmother knew how to rain down um, the blessings of God on people. And of course, I took, when my grandmother passed, the father asked me if I would take her mantle. And so I have taken the mantle of my grandmother. But let's get back to godly seeds. So my grandparents produced the godly seed of my mother, Esther Williams. And my mother, Esther Williams, and then my grandmother, um, my father was really raised by my grand, my mother's my grandmother's mother, and she planted godly seed of a relationship with God also. So my father was raised Roman Catholic. My mother was raised Baptist. And the end, in the end, my mother converted to Catholicism, and I was raised Roman Catholic. So one of the interesting things about being raised Roman Catholic is that they have excellent schools and they teach you in the Catholic schools for 12 years. I studied other religions. So I had a very good knowledge of Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, Islam, Confucius, Taoism, Taoism, um, all of these different religions. Right. And so it made me, but I was also taught about the Catholic faith as well. And the Catholic faith has a strong foundation in a relation about Jesus Christ, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. 
And also they teach a lot about Mary and Mary as the mother of God. However, you have to have a balance. I mean, Mary is awesome, and I honor Mary as being a super saint. I mean, she basically did something that, no, I mean, unbelievable hardship. She went through um, carrying the Messiah. It was almost like a death sentence for her, but God protected her. Because back in those days, if you got pregnant outside of marriage, you were stoned to death. So Mary, Mary did an awesome thing by carrying the word of God, Christ Jesus, and Joseph, his stepfather, was awesome by guarding and protecting Mary. So let's get back to one of the main things, one of the missions that God has given us is the production of godly children because godly children will have help us produce a godly society, right? So, and you can't produce godly children if you are not have a godly marriage. So this is why marriage is so critical to the foundation of our society. We're having situations now where children have no fathers, or in some cases, children have no mother. In some cases, children have no father nor mother. Children are being raised by their grandparents, which is not the way God had ordained for the family unit to operate. Grandparents are wonderful, but they are older. They don't have the energy level that you need to raise young children. And they do, in many cases, help on the spiritual front, especially if they have a great relationship with Christ Jesus. So the godly marriage is not only for you to have an awesome relationship with another human being, but also for you to produce awesome Great men and women who will go forth and do great things for the kingdom of God and for the world. So, why, how can we do this? Once again, let's go back to the priorities. The priority, the making number one, the law of love number one, prioritizing your marriage. If you prioritize your marriage, put your marriage in the right position that God has ordained for it to be in. The love that overflows out of that will laugh onto your children, overflow into your nieces and nephews, overflow into your extended family, overflow into your community. If you have first things first, which is your relationship with your spouse, placing them first, not to the detriment of not taking care of your godly parents, you're always to honor and, re- and protect and take care of your parents. That's a law. That's one of the, that's the word of God. However, it should never usurp or override your spouse, your marriage. So prioritizing your marriage. Then law number two, what? The law of pursuit, the law of pursuing your spouse. Continue to work out, continue to eat right, continue to keep your body Right. Uh, Men are very much into the physical, ladies. You must keep up your stuff. Now, yes, you're going to age. Yes, you're going to maybe gain a few pounds, but always prioritize. Always prioritize making sure that you are your best, making sure that you keep the flames of love and passion going by keeping up your physical appearance, by keeping up your 
your mental, your emotional, uh, you know, aspects of your life and your intellectual, right? Um, and also your spiritual, keeping in those, staying immersed in the word of God, keeping, keeping close to the Holy Spirit, keeping close to Jesus and the Father and obeying God's word, living God's word. This will make you a, a person that is wonderful to live with and to be in partnership with in the marriage. Now, also men, you got to keep yourself up. You got to work on your bodies, right? You got to work on your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. You got to work on your spirit. You got to keep pursuing your wife. You got to keep letting her know she's number one. And one of the best things, men, that you can do to make sure you, if you, if you're in a room with a bunch of women and your wife's in that group, you give her extra attention in front of all those women. And I guarantee you this. You're going to have a lot of great benefits when you go to bed that night. <laughs> but anyway, you need to make sure that you prioritize and treat your wife as as if she's the only woman on planet Earth. And I'm telling you, that gives your wife security. That lets your wife know that you're number one, especially as we age, right? And we're no longer the young little whippersnappers that we were when we first got married. But we got other things going for us. There's other things going for the woman and the man as they age that are highly beneficial, very beneficial to the marriage. Okay? So, we need to make sure that we continue the law of love of pursuit. We need to continue to date. We need to continue to have private time with our spouse every day. That's the person that you're waking up next to in the morning. After you talk to God, you need to talk to them. Now, my first thoughts, the first thing for me in the morning is God. I ask God what's on his heart. What's Daddy God, you ain't by. What's on your heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation of you this day? How may I bring glory and honor and pleasure to you this day? And then I ask, Lord God, Holy Christ Jesus. I say, Lord God, Yahshua Mashiach, Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. What's on your heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to you this day? How may I bring glory and honor and pleasure to you this day? And then I ask the Lord God, Holy Spirit. I say, Lord God, Holy Spirit, what's on your heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to you this day? How may I bring glory and honor and pleasure to you this day? And guess what? God may tell you to do something special for your spouse. God may tell you to do something special for your husband. God may tell you to do something special for your wife. How do you demonstrate your love for God? By loving one another. And the first person that you should be loving on is your what? Spouse. You should be showing the love of Christ Jesus. You should be giving them the benefit of the doubt. You should be merciful when they are grumpy. You should be kind, 
kind to them, right? So yes, you need to make sure that you are walking in the law of priority, the law of per- pursuing, right? God explicitly tells us in the beginning, in his instructions to the Adams, and they had they did not have a mother or a father then. That mother and father was God the Father, Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he told them the man is to leave his family and to cleave to his wife. He is to leave his family and cleave to his wife. And the wife should cleave to her husband. This is instructions from God. This is instructions. And that means that you love your family, but that your marriage and your family have priority, right? Number one. Then there is the law of partnership. Let's go deeper into the law of partnership. That means that these two people come together, complementing one another with a single goal. And both partners are doing their maximum, their utmost, their very best to do their part in securing the goal of the partnership. One of the things in marriage and our partnerships is the raising of our children. We partner in the raising of godly seeds, right? So I just want to say that God is an awesome God and he has made it so that marriage can be divorce proof. We don't have to divorce. And if you married for the second time, you don't have to divorce your spouse. You know, you made a mistake on the first marriage. Move on and do your best in your second marriage. Or maybe you're in your third or fourth or fifth. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are right now, make sure that you Follow the four laws and get it right this time. Divorce-proof your marriage. Be a true partner in your marriage. Partners cover each other. Partners have each other's back. You know, I do, I'm a professor at Florida A&M University, and I do a lot of group work. I try to teach my students to collaborate and work in harmony in a group, right? So in the group work, in the group activities, there, there can be someone I call it a slacker. I call an individual that's riding the coattails of everybody else in the group. And I tell them, I say, yes, if everybody works hard and this individual does not and the group gets an A, that individual also gets an A. However, one of the interesting things that happens in your group work is that it's a time to learn a particular principle or concept or some skills and you get the opportunity to to tap into the strengths of your group. 
But eventually, you will be called upon to step out on your own. And if you have not taken advantage of working collaboratively and and helping to do the group work, you are going to fail as an individual. And so, once again, in marriage, we are partners and we are to help one another. We are to basically try our best to back up our partner and bring all our A-game, all our strengths, all our talents, all our gifts to the table to benefit the partnership. And unfortunately, the enemy sometimes puts in the mind of one partner that they're doing it all. And it might be actually true. But this is when you need to go to Jesus. Jesus is also a partner in your marriage. And if you feel that you're one of the partner, your husband or your spouse is not doing their part and you are carrying the weight of the marriage, this is the time to go to Christ Jesus and ask for help. And I'm telling you, he's not going to tell you to divorce your spouse. He will Talk to your spouse. He will minister to your spouse. Believe it or not, for a good portion of my marriage, I went to Jesus instead of going to my former husband. And guess what? Every time I went to Jesus, I saw a shift. I saw a change in my former husband. And it was for the good of the marriage. So one partnership is both partners doing their best and protecting one another, making sure that the marriage is protected and that we are fulfilling the mission. And one of the missions is to raise godly seeds, raise godly children. And last but not least, the law of purity. And this is an area where, you know, every everybody on planet Earth is bombarded or is attacked in the area of purity. One of the things that a lot of marriages have to deal with is all the seeds of impurity that was planted in the marriage or planted in the individuals prior to the marriage. One of the biggest problems in marriage or marriages today is that the spouses actually partook or had sexual intercourse prior to marriage. And and then they get married and we have a problem. And you know, it's it's and people say, well, why is that a problem? This is the problem. When you get married, you cannot compete against forbidden fruit. That means that if you permitted your spouse or y'all agreed to have sex prior to marriage, it's forbidden fruit. So guess what happens? You crave that fruit, that forbidden fruit that you can no longer give your spouse because you are legally and righteously bound as man and wife. So that seed has to be uprooted out of your marriage. And it's tough. It's, and it basically decimates most marriages because the spouses crave the forbidden fruit. They crave sex outside of marriage. And once you give in to that, 
then you basically have decimated your marriage because trust has been violated. I know for a fact, unfortunately, it's gotten really bad, even in the physical realm where you have sex outside of marriage and you get a, a sexually transmitted disease and give it to your spouse. And now we have HIV, which is AIDS, which basically can kills your spouse. So God did this on purpose. He wanted people to wait and only have sex with their married partner. And it is good. And that's why God gave us sex. God is the one created sex. And he gave us supernatural sex. Oh, yes. This is a good thing. We need to make sure that we walk in purity. And if we have fallen, it is not the end. You can have your marriage restored if you have had an affair. You can. You're going to have to work at the trust. You're going to have to regain the trust of your spouse, but it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible to God. Spiritual believers and listeners, the purity is even bigger than the sexual part. It's also keeping your minds pure and clean and clear. And the enemy attacks our minds. He is relentless and he'll have you thinking and thinking things and seeing things that don't even, oh yeah, he's good at the setups. Satan is good at orchestrating situations where it appears that your spouse is doing something and they're not. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you need Christ Jesus. That's why you need Daddy God, you to keep, to keep the marriage, the first, the number, the fourth law, the law of purity in your marriage. Now, I don't want to end this broadcast without saying a few more things, but please, please, Marriage Today, I love Jimmy Evans. I love their ministry. I wish I knew about their ministry. I didn't, but I know about it now. And if I got, if I get married again, if God sends me a godly husband again, we are definitely going to Jimmy Evans Marriage Today's um, seminar and in preparation for our marriage. Okay, so let's close with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be, you are saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be.